Today's reading is Colossians 2. For I want you to know how much I am struggling for you and for those at Laodicea, and for all who have not met me face to face, that they may be encouraged in heart, knit together in love, and filled with the full riches of complete understanding, so that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I say this so that no one will deceive you by smooth rhetoric. For although I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit, and I delight to see your orderly condition and firm faith in Christ. Therefore, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deception, which are based on human tradition and the spiritual forces of the world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity dwells in bodily form, and you have been made complete in Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. In him you were also circumcised in the putting off of your sinful nature, with the circumcision performed by Christ and not by human hands. And having been buried with him in baptism, you were raised with him through your faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. When you were dead in your trespasses and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our trespasses, having canceled the debt ascribed to us in the decrees that stood against us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. Therefore, let no one judge you by what you eat or drink, or with regard to a feast, a new moon, or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the body that casts it belongs to Christ. Do not let anyone who delights in false humility and the worship of angels disqualify you with speculation about what he has seen. Such a person is puffed up without basis by his unspiritual mind. He has lost connection to the head, from whom the whole body, supported and knit together by its joints and ligaments, grows as God causes it to grow. If you have died with Christ to the spiritual forces of the world, why, as though you still belonged to the world, do you submit to its regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch! These will all perish with use because they are based on human commands and teachings. Such restrictions indeed have an appearance of wisdom with their self-prescribed worship, their false humility, and their harsh treatment of the body. But they are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. This is God's word. The church at Colossae that received this letter was not started by Paul. Colossians 1.7 plainly states that the people who received this letter from Paul had received the gospel from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf. As we read yesterday in chapter 1, Paul was thankful and encouraged by the faith of these Colossians. Now, here in chapter 2, Paul assured to them that he was contending for you and for all at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. That's the NIV's reading. Although they were not churches that Paul had founded, Paul was concerned about their spiritual growth and health, according to verses 2 through 4. Then in verse 5, he wrote, I delight to see how disciplined you are. That phrase, how disciplined you are, according to the NIV's reading, is kind of unexpected. The rest of the verse, and how firm your faith in Christ is, is exactly like something we'd expect Paul to write. But what did he mean by how disciplined you are? Let's start with the word disciplined. Discipline means training. 
When you discipline your children, you are not, or shouldn't be, punishing them for being bad. You should be teaching them that doing wrong is harmful and doing right is better. That's what discipline is supposed to do. So when Paul said, I delight to see how disciplined you are, he's referring to the training that they had received from Epaphras. Again, look at chapter 1, verse 7. Epaphras not only told them that Christ died for their sins, he taught them what it meant to live in obedience to Christ, and he expected them to show obedience to Christ in their daily decisions and lives. That was and is Christ's goal for every Christian. He commanded his apostles to go make disciples, that's Matthew twenty-eight nineteen, of course, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, that's Matthew twenty-eight twenty. Epaphras not only obeyed the make disciples part of the command, he obeyed the teach them to obey everything I command you part of Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 through 20. Paul was happy to hear how these believers were growing in that way spiritually. Still, threats to their faith were lurking around. False ideas about spirituality were gaining a hearing among the believers in Colossae. That's why in verse 2 he said that he wanted everyone to know the mystery of God, namely Christ. It's also why he said, So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thanksgiving. Again, that's the NIV's reading. Everything they and we need spiritually is in Christ. There is no need to look to Judaism or to pagan religions. God has given us everything we need in the church. What we need to put these spiritual resources to work in our lives is discipline. Discipline is a form of self-control that enables a person to make progress in the Christian life. Discipline is what calls us to form daily spiritual habits, Bible reading and prayer at the very least, that will nourish our faith and stimulate our growth. The fact that you're reading or listening to this devotional probably indicates that you have a scriptural habit. That's great. But also, each believer should discipline himself or herself to pray every day, asking God to keep purifying them even more. Grace and discipline are not enemies. Instead, discipline is an expression of grace and an application of the grace that we received in salvation. Without grace, We could never discipline ourselves just to become more godly. But since all the treasure of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ, according to verse 3, we can use God's grace to teach us to become more holy and more Christ-like. So think about an area of your life where you need to become more holy and Christ-like. What kinds of self-discipline should you use by grace to become a godly man or a godly woman? Now think about how to discipline yourself in that area, and I'll see you next time.